For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. Palmerbet on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight-up screamer! Download our app today and enjoy straight-up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same-game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. Who do you hate losing to? Who is the team that you, you just cannot stand to see win? Where are all the Crusader haters? 0800 150 811. We're on the Kimpy, I thought they'd come through in droves. <laughs> Well, I don't think people. I actually don't think people hate the Crusaders. Seriously, I think I think Kiwis love the Crusaders. Absolutely love them. That's it's. I can see every Kiwi second team. I reckon that must be right. <laughs> well, I, I hope so. But what have I oh, said? man, I've had some <laughs> hatred out on that field, though, Kempe. Some and hate's a strong word, and I've heard it a few times from the Hurricanes players. <laughs> well, well, the, hurricane, the Hurricanes would go right so up there for you, probably, don't they, Izzy? Oh, they'd be probably at the top. Yeah, Hurricanes. Uh, I hate losing to them. Uh, not wouldn't lose them often, but. <laughs> yeah, when we did, we, we we knew it. We knew about it for sure. Um, so them and England, mate. England. We played England at Twickenham and we lost our last game, got a hiding. And honestly, we walked into this room and, oh, they were gallivanting around like hot dogs and singing songs. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I never want to lose to these guys again. Be humble, man. Anyway, just keep it right there. Next time, pump them. <laughs> Beautiful. Let's go to the phones. Tony, the team you hate losing to the most, who is it? Oh, here he is. Yeah, morning guys. Yeah, I've I've got a I've got a left field one here. Okay. I hate Give losing. it to us, Tones. I hate losing to the TAB. <laughs> I'm with you, Tony. Oh, I hate losing the TV. Oh, that's a great one. I love that. Uh, I hate it, man. I hate it. And I love it even more when I win. I've had one of those for a long time, Tony. I've had one of those for a long time. So, this is our week, brother. Well done, Tony. Appreciate <laughs> Appreciate the call. As a Cantab, we used to hate losing to Auckland, but then it became quite easy, so we lost the fire a bit from Tim. (laughs) Wow. Come on, come through. Double eight, double three. Who, if it's, I mean, I reckon the reason we're not being full boarded here is because the answer is so easy. It's Australia. And they gave it to us last night. But come through 0800 150811. Who do you not want to lose to more than anyone in the world? 29 away. From seven, here's Auto Health and News for Kubota. Together, we're shaping and building New Zealand. Back to the phone lines we go. Any team from Australia says a texter. The Australian cricket team. It all begins and ends there. Everyone else in the world is tolerable. And and I think maybe that's what that cold snap up the country is this morning. Brent, Aaron Hamilton. Who is it, mate? Who gets on your nerve? I hate playing Taranaki and when Waikato songs sort of, I hate them, mate, really hate them. Like, I remember one time we had a shield challenge and this fella did a massive um, tackle. I think it was Timmy, oh, he's a Taranaki player, smashed Sam Christie, we got a penalty, no try. 
No try, we save the fucking oh, and we save the fuel. <laughs> <laughs> but that's one team I hate, bro. Is well, every time I, like on Sunday, it was like just such a relief. I went down to TAB and put some money on Waikato. Everyone told me Taranaki. Every time we play Waikato, uh, we play Taranaki. One yells out, "Oh no, nah, Taranaki's going to win that!" And I even punted more on the TAB because they always win. Brian, <laughs> 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 thank you for your call, mate. Oh, is oh, he good? Is it? That is so good. But, Brent, honestly, those Waikato uh, Mulu Bowls aren't any better, mate. Aren't any better. I've been in those. No, my family's been in the stands down there at FMG Stadium in Hamilton, and wow, did they cop it. Did they cop it from the Waikato fans. So, Brent and Brent. Oh, I love it. Brent from Hamilton, Brent from Huntley with <laughs> mate, their Mulu Bowls. I'll tell you a Waikato story. When I was in the under-15s, I went up to Waikato to play. You know, and I was the, the kid from Taranaki. And me and Tawara knew each other. And the first time I played against them, Tawara he played for Waikato. Well, they all looked like Tawara. It was the whole yeah. team. They all looked like they had this mullet, all big, you know, dark, handsome men. And every time they tackled you, <laughs> they tackled you, they would go, ah! <laughs> they would make me laugh. They would run around the field and they'd tackle someone and they'd go, as they went to tackle them, they'd tackle them and go, ah! <laughs> and the whole game, mate, for 35 minutes, these guys would make six tackles a row and it was just yelling. And I was, I always still have them on about it. I said, what was that all about? And he goes, mate, I have no idea. That's just how we played. <laughs> Oh, you correct me up, Michael. <laughs> the, the, the verbal Mulu bell. Oh, oh. So good. Um, Jimmy says, losing to the Poms sucks because you never hear the end of it, yeah, as, he, as he mentioned that earlier. Bringing on the spinners after the power play, pushing the field back. What was the undoing last night? So I agree with you, Kempi. We let them consolidate, be ruthless, came, put the hammer down from Jimmy. That's all I'm saying. The bloody Queenslanders. Well, that's obviously a New South Wales fan. <laughs> and they do get up and... About uh, good morning, lads. Being a Leeds United fan for me, it's got to be Millwall. The games at Ellen Road, Ellen Road against the them clowns used to make used to be mad. They would kick their bus windows out and try to get us. <laughs> Coppers on horseback everywhere. Good times. Have a great day. All the best, Stevo. Thanks, Stevo. That sounds pretty loose. Hey, boys. Unfortunately. We're just not that great right now. If Oz had us five for 40, we would have been bowled out for 70. Oh, gutted cheers, Paddy Krasic. I disagree with that, Paddy. I think that there was signs of a good team last night. And you got to admit, doing what we did in the West Indies, yeah, they might have been down in their luck, but we were pretty good. And and Australia are a good side up and down. We just, I personally believe we just lost the small moments and we needed another 30, 40 runs at the end of our batting innings, Izzy. Yeah, when that, when... Like when that first caller when they came on and, and said, Man, they were they had a loss, their their the heads are down, they're thinking, What is this again? With you know, five forty four, you got that doubt seated in their mind. You got a little bit of doubt because they've lost to Zimbabwe. They should never lost to Zimbabwe. You're thinking, Oh, you could bring it home. But yeah, look, there was there was opportunities there. There was opportunities there and there is something about Australia at the moment that have just got the wool over us, particularly in Australia. I can't even remember the last time we won a game over there. I think it was Hobart 2011. Also, it's been a disastrous place to travel for the for the Black Caps. So I don't know what they're going to do 
get in something, go in the back room, start sorting some mental stuff out or, or something like that. But they just need to do something to get the wool over them because they have it over us at the moment. Yeah, we had, we've had a couple of really nasty tours over there. Mm. There was that tour in 2015 yeah. where Ross Taylor scored that big, nearly got that triple century, which there were moments of, yeah. and Baz played was really Hobart? The, I think Hobart was 2011 when Doug Bracewell, oh, yeah. we won that test. Yeah. Um, down there but then you think about the Nigel Long that day night match in Adelaide where he said the hot spot or oh, that could have come from anywhere that Nathan Lyon hot spot and we had them on the ropes there you think about the Boxing Day tests we had and we just got absolutely poleaxed and it was really hard to watch um, mm. it is frustrating oh there's a good text here from Graham boys I've worked with a few non-Kiwi rugby fans over here throughout the years and they hate losing to the All Blacks hate it Kempe <laughs> Aussies hate losing to Kiwis don't worry about that I reckon, I reckon good on them give it to them <laughs> you know, I just you know we did the SENZ commentary last night which was we'll hear some highlights at the start of the next hour so good like Flem, Damien Fleming is awesome McCarty and Bennett they were going great but I was listening to the watching the, the TV coverage Junior War is insufferable, isn't he? Mark War is insufferable. He is so disparaging and pithy towards New Zealand. You, you just said, you got me going, Kim, because you just said, oh, they hate losing to the New Zealanders. Yeah. He makes it out like we, we don't even, like, we're just don't like, exist. we just don't, they're just so like, oh, you know, water off a duck's back to them. Oh, the Aussies! <laughs> 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 That's it. They they do it to themselves. Oh, yeah, they the do it worms. to themselves. You've opened the they can do, of worms. mate. And then you just like you t- you put it in the back of the up in the top two inches, and you go, okay, okay, I won't forget that, mate. Honestly, they're a special bunch. And and Aussie in Auckland has. <laughs> Oh, is it uh, here with the name Aussie? You've opened Auckland. up something here, Ke- oh, Louis, you've opened Most it up. Kiwis <laughs> would be surprised to know that we Aussies hate losing to you much less than the other way around. We love to beat New Zealand because there's such a respect and a rival there, but would ra- much rather lose to you than the English, who are the worst winners in the world. What can I say about the nation that is still still crow about winning a tournament in 1966 Cheers Aussie in Auckland and I think that's right I think there's a really inequitable relationship between us and Australia Kempe yeah well I can still remember that you know how they bowled underarm it's not that equitable when you bowl underarm <laughs> oh, don't get me started on that one there Kempe but I'll give you something here I would I would rather go on a beer have a beer in the Australian change room than the English change room. And that's after the game, when it's all done. Okay? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the Aussies. Might have snagged us in the cricket last night, but they better not look over their shoulder because on the glorious and luxurious waters of Saint-Tropez in France, the Kiwi Sail GP team will be mowing them down this weekend as they start the event only four points behind the Aussies for the overall season competition lead. It's been a total turnaround the last two events for Kiwis, for the Kiwis and back-to-back wins. And Blair Chuk would have been loving to be back in the winner's circle. Chuki is on the line now, out of France. Chuki, appreciate you coming on, mate. How you going? Yeah, morning, boys. All good, thank you. All good. Nice to be chatting to you guys. Yeah, we appreciate it. Congratulations on the last two events, mate. Uh, awesome. Mate, what a turnaround. What, what's, what's been going on, mate? You're doing something right. What's been going on? So right for you to get the get the dub. Yeah, it's certainly been pretty awesome for the team to well take the last couple of wins. It's been you know it's been a long time coming. I think we'd be the first ones to say that it's um, yeah it's been quite a, a journey for us to get these wins and 
no, it's just awesome for the team to see the. I seen some reward for I guess all the hard work everyone's been putting in, and you know it's been a pretty key part of the season for us to do it in, rather than middle of the European um, league of the, of the tour. So now I guess we come into this weekend in Saint Tropez now with a, with a lot of confidence. Um, so yeah, we're, we're in um, a good place. Hey, hey, Blair, the the glitz and glamour of the European tour, you know, up there in Saint Tropez, is there like a serious buzz around the competition, or you know? Like, like, as he just said, are you just sitting on a, a big yacht getting a tan most of the time? <laughs> um, not quite. We've literally um, just dropped in, or only um, Pete and I and a couple of the other guys are here. Some of the rest of the crew are just um, coming up from New Zealand still. So, uh, yeah, well, four, four days out or something from race weekend. So, um yeah, but there is there is a buzz around. I mean, it's, it's Central Bay. It's it's good to be here. I mean, it's definitely a notable lift from last year, where I guess we were still in um, the grips of the the pandemic. So it's certainly busier this year, and um, I guess it's a sign of the league as well as it, it is growing. So um, yeah, it's definitely a hype around. We had um, a couple of F1 drivers actually in town today. Um, Chico and Max were doing a uh, activation, so that was that was pretty awesome to have them around. Yeah, wow, mate, superstars hanging out with superstars. Oh, it's a different world, that Sal GP, mate. We just go to muddy paddocks and go back into a humble change room and get, get dressed and go home. We don't hang around with no superstar <laughs> Max Verstappens. But anyway, mate, yeah, you deserve it, Blair Chuki. Hey, uh, just, just what, what, are you able to get out and, and enjoy your time? There's a lot of downtime uh, involved when you're away from, from, the, um, from, the, from the waters, mate. Are you able to get out and chill? And what do you do for your re- relaxation time? Oh, well, um, the majority of us have been coming back um, in between regatta, so we've been coming back and um, checking back in with rally in New Zealand winter. Um, so that's been, um, that's I guess, been part of the program for us over the last few events. But, yeah, well, the next, after this weekend, we're actually staying up because it's a tight turnaround to the next one in Spain. So everyone will kind of go in their own different directions and, and take something on in, in Europe. And, um, yeah, it's... it's pretty awesome to be able to explore and you know we're fortunate to do what we do for a living so it's nice to get out and i guess um check out some of the, the sites along the way too and then obviously once we go into camp tomorrow it's you know pretty full-on um five days for us hey it's it's awesome mate to see i, I think you got erica erica dawson on your boat she's a young girl that uh grew up with my daughter actually out at coatesville um how's mm-hmm. that how's that working having different classes try and get involved yeah, it's going to be great to have Erica um, join the team back. She did a couple of events, actually, Saint Tropez and uh, Cardiff last year, and then she's been busy doing her Olympic campaign with, um, with Micah. So um, she's literally come straight off the back of the world champs. So um, like, great to have, have her part of the team. She's been sitting in on the debriefs and all the, um, I guess, the planning meetings and stuff. So she's kept well in check with what's going on, but. Um, yeah, for her to come back into that strategist role this this weekend will will be a, um, a good boost for the team. Obviously, we've had um, Joe LA and and Liv Mackay doing that role, um, and Liv predominantly over the last year. So, um, yeah, it's just been awesome to see. I guess the boost they give the team, and um, yeah, I, I guess all of us together have um, grown a lot as a unit. So, I, I think Erica will really step up again this weekend. Yeah, nice, mate. We look forward to seeing what she can do when she gets on, on the boat with you, lads. Hey, um, just the, the top three. You got eight points separating the top three. 
Mate, what is it? When you're out on the water, what is the the kind of detail, what are some of the things that we can look when we're watching that can kind of understand where it's going to go? Because obviously the boat's all made the same. There's no difference with mm. um, the boat making and, and everything's all similar. So what kind of tactics or, or things are you looking at to do to try and get one over the wall? And what were you able to do in the last two regattas to get get the wall over the opposition? Yeah, no, nice, mate. Um, I guess... First of like the the season's pretty long, so it's like um, yeah. eleven events. So um, I guess consistency is pretty key over all of those. So although we had a bit of a slow start, we didn't have any um, really bad events. So those I guess the fourth and the fifth kind of helped us to be in the mix. And then with two wins, we've sort of shot right up into into second place. So um, yeah, consistency over the the whole season's key. And then obviously the winner of Sail GP's crowned in in San Fran at the final just by the winner takes all last race so it's um pretty unique in our sport but it's um it's part of sail gp and i guess we're also become accustomed to it so it's it's a um yeah pretty a pretty cool thing but each race weekend um yeah across i mean to try and win a race you have to have a good start um so if you yeah. you know tuning in this weekend the start's pretty critical um if you don't have a good start with nine other boats on the start line it's pretty hard to win the race um yeah. but it's difficult to get a good start every time so if you don't have a good start then you've got to be um good at kind of finding your way back and trying to get you know what could be a seventh or an eighth place uh, if you can change that into a third or a fourth is quite a big turnaround for the weekend so um sailing the boat fast doing good maneuvers um you know making making good decisions so that's sort of all the areas that we we look at and you know have been kind of along the last six months we as a team have been sort of delving into and trying to make make gains in. Get out of the starting blocks, mate. That's what you gotta do. We know that we're watching you guys getting on that uh, three peat. Mate, we're gonna leave Saint Tropez and the super yachts are gonna head to New Zealand's answer to Saint Tropez and Littleton. You're looking forward to that? Cold. The, the tickets go <laughs> the tickets go on sale in a couple of weeks. Bring some suntan lotion. Yeah, we certainly are. Uh it's gonna be epic to um, come down to the, the mainland, you know, first Sail GP event in New Zealand, and um, yeah, to take it to Littleton's going to be great. So, yeah, tickets on sale in a couple of weeks. I mean, there's already been a huge amount of, um, I guess, action around people, you know, around the corporate um, side of things. So, it's nice to see everyone keen to see a bit of the Sail GP action. Yeah, I guess it's. Yeah, you're keen, are you? <laughs> Get us down mate, there, mate. Is he keep his shoulders? Is he keep his shoulders, mate? I don't think that grinder will handle those things. Oof. <laughs> hell. And maybe, maybe give Louis and Marcus a challenge, see what, see what you reckon. Oh, no, we got no chance. Kempi, you've, you've opened up a can of worms here. Calm down. All right, Chuki, we're going to have to let you go, mate. But uh, well done on the last two events. Chase that hat-trick, and we, we honestly, I think it'll go great seeing you boys back here and Littleton Harbour, just over the hill there for us. And I'll tell you, if you go there, mate, not that you eat this bad food, but there's a beautiful bakery there that do fantastic <laughs> cream donuts. All right, mate? So there you go. If oh, the boys need a little treat, oh, get over the, there and they've got some oh, I said the cream donuts when I was up in Kitty Kitty, right? After rugby every Saturday. <laughs> yeah. These ones are neck level, mate. You won't be disappointed. Right. Appreciate your time, Blair Chook. All the best, oh, mate. Thank you very much. Cheers.
Cheers, boys. Thank you. Ah, oh, legend. Yeah, good. He's so good. GC, mate. Yeah, good dude. Yeah, great with his time, actually. Massive shout-out to the SailGP team, Nat, as well. And those tickets go yeah, they're awesome. In, a, in about a month. They are awesome. They're always, they want to kind of grow their league. How Not open are they? Hey, they just always find time for us. Really appreciate that. Yes, me too. You reckon we could do, you reckon <laughs> we could do the breakfast show on the back of one of those boats? No chance, Kimby. Those things are... Jiving and ducking and jiving. Jiving? Is it jiving? <laughs> jiving and ducking. Jiving and ducking. <laughs> oh, you did so well to pretend like you knew what you were talking yeah. about. Well, no, I've, I've, done it. I've done what Stephen Donald did. Jiving. What's the other one? What's jiving. Jiving. Attack left. You're, you're thinking about 3 a.m. Yeah, in the morning up yeah. on Bontemy Road. Oh, <laughs> BG, old BG so well. Dag. <laughs> I was doing so well. Uh, even even got a oh yeah nice one mate from Bleeder. He was he was quite yeah. a, oh what geez like he knows that the boats are all the same. Gee you like that? I'm I'm all like this boat. Put the finger up and go lick it and go oh yeah little bit of a nor'wester. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Old tactician dag. It was do or die for Scott McLaughlin in the penultimate race of the 2022 IndyCar Series in Portland, and the Kiwi delivered, didn't he? The team Pence driver finished atop the podium while Scott Dixon came in third to keep his total hopes well and truly alive. The Kiwis will now head to California for the season finale at the Monterey Grand Prix. Prix with dreams of a 1-2 podium finish. Wouldn't that be great? Is A couple of Kiwis to provide us with an update on what's at stake. Come Monday is Ed Spencer, who is a motorsport expert and writer for Motorlap. Evening, Ed. How are you going? Evening, gentlemen. How are we? Very, very good. How impressive was that win, mate, for Scott McLaughlin? Very impressive, um, considering that he had the all-to-do being the outsider in the championship race. He looked like a man who was leading the championship the way he effortlessly led from start to finish and really didn't have any problem holding off his teammates, Will Power and also Joseph Nugan. Good result for Scott Dixon as well, considering that he started so far back in 16th, he really put himself back into the title fight on what looked a tricky weekend for him, personally, going into it. Yeah, Scott, Scott Dixon obviously sitting second place. you got Will Parr in the front, 20 points, I think he's clear. Scott McLaughlin, never, ever given up hope. He is confident to go to the Firestone Grand Prix and get the job done. But, mate, it's going to take a hell of a lot of effort and a bit of luck. Can Will Power slip it's, up to allow us Kiwis to get there? <laughs> the stranger things have happened in IndyCar, I would say that. Oh, mate, we hope so. We we hope so. And we, no, we don't. We want it to be a fair contest. But, mate, like, in, in all honesty, like five genuine chances to take it out, mate. Well, how do you see this, this last Grand Prix playing out? It's very close at the moment. I think we all didn't expect the season to be as tight as it is going into the final round, and all five of them, you could argue for, you could argue they could win the championship because of how good they've been. Marcus Ericsson, Indy 500 winner, Dixon, of course, he's been there, done that, got the T-shirt, New Garn as well, Power and McLaughlin as well. Power comes in as a bit of a hot favourite considering he's got a 20-point buffer from New Garn and Dixon. But I think it will all depend on the qualifying. Remember, IndyCar is a bit different from Formula 1 in the fact that you have two groups, then you have the fast 12, fast 6, and it really, if you're down 15, 16th on the grid, you're in trouble, especially considering Laguna Seca is quite a tight circuit. There isn't that many places to overtake. 
especially if you try to do something on the, uh, the court screw. Roman Grosjean came off second best last year when he tried to lap Jimmy Johnson. But for me, personally, I think Newgarden might just nick it. I think prior to, prior to what he has in the running from uh, Portland, from the, provide, before his poor qualifying in Portland, he looked good for a, for a win. And, you know, he could argue that he would be going into the championship as the favourite, championship finale as the favourite, considering that he was running away with the second Iowa race before something broke on the car. Hey, Ed, is it, just talking about the car, is there a favourite car for this last race or favourite team going uh, going into this last Grand Prix? I think it's it's not... You can't really say if I'm being honest with you. I think you always have your big four who are going to be the favourites, but you never know with IndyCar. There's always that lurking outsider that can cause an upset. Look at Christian Lundgaard, yes, in the race on Sunday. He was right in the fight before he had he stalled in the pits. So I would say Penske are looking more of the favourites considering their recent run of form. But Chip Ganassi are a strong team, strong outfit. And of course they have two ex-cars, I should say, that are not in the fight, which is Alex Pillow and uh, Jimmy Johnson. So maybe they will play a hand in maybe some team tactics perhaps to help Dixon and Ericsson out. Just on Team Penske, and we're going to go back to Scott McLaughlin. It's going to take a miracle for him to get up there. We'd love to see him podium finish uh, for the IndyCar Champions, Drivers' Championship. But just on Team Penske and Scott McLaughlin, they must be super excited about the Kiwi going into 2023 and what he's able to deliver. I think he's definitely progressed from those one-and-a-half rookie years where there were some question marks whether Scott was really going to make it in IndyCar, but... Mm. Ever since the opening race at St. Petersburg, he has looked extremely strong. He's adapted well to life in America. And I think going into 2023, you'd have to say he's a genuine championship threat because mm. now that you've got all the, you know, the rookie jitters out of the way, and the, of course the second, second four-year slump, which some drivers do have, he should be a real threat. And that's no disrespect mm. to Joseph Nugan and Will Power. They're both excellent drivers. But Glockland has, when he gets out in front, he's simply dominant. Look, he's winning St. Petersburg. He soaked up the pressure really well on the final few laps and just defeated Pelot at the line. So mm. I think he is going, you'll go into 2023 full of optimism. He can win the championship, if not this year. Oh, that wouldn't that be nice? Do you, but just uh, quietly, do you think Scott Dixon was happy to see Alex Pelot fall out of the championship contention? <laughs> I think there may have been a couple of wry grins at the Chip Ganassi stable when they saw that, but at the moment it looks like he'll be driving for them next year. There may There is rumours, of course, that McLaren are kind of throbbing and wondering whether they will get him because they had a statement out confirming him and then only to find it's been deleted. So they may be having to team up with Alex, whether they like it or not. Hey, just very quickly, mate, I'm curious, you've got such a good motorsport brain. F1, Verstappen at the moment, they are so locked in, him and uh, Horner and the whole of Red Bull. Is there much in the motorsporting circles, is there much suspicion that anyone can catch him, or is it is he a good thing from here? Well, I think it's, it's tough to say, because the championship is never over until a rather uh, chunky FIA steward weighs a checkered flag at Abu Dhabi on Sunday, <laughs> November, November 12th. 
in Sunday in November. But I think the, the, the momentum Verstappen has at the moment and the way that Red Bull is simply perfect on every track it goes to, bearing in mind that even when Verstappen is not on pole position or even in the top three, you still wouldn't bet against him to win the race. So the momentum is definitely on the side of him and Red Bull. But for Ferrari, things are starting to kind of unravel after that amazing start when the clerk was actually in the championship league. That feels like an age ago when it was April time and we were already predicting that maybe an upset was on the card. So I don't really think the Staffan can be defeated. I think it would take uh, a miracle, just to say, of, of extravagant proportions for him to lose the championship this year. Well, there you go. Get on the TAB. Moral. back. Yes, back Verstappen to win it at the uh, at the Grand Prix. Hey, <laughs> hey, Ed. Thank you very much for joining us this morning on SENZ. Uh, yeah, appreciate it. Yeah. Appreciate appreciate your your smarts in and around who's going to win the next race. And uh, we're hoping that Scott McLaughlin or, of course, Dixon wins it uh, down here in New Zealand, <laughs> and that'd be fantastic for us. But uh, go well, mate. Enjoyed uh, enjoyed speaking to you this morning. Thank you, gentlemen. Have a good day, everyone, back in New Zealand. Right now we're going to talk some rugby, Farah Palmer Cup. There are a few certainties in sport and in life, but Canterbury's Farah Palmer Cup side being in the finish of the season is absolutely one. This weekend, the Red and Blacks line up in another grand final against fellow powerhouse Auckland, which doubles as one of the great servants of Canterbury rugby. Kendra Coxedge, 100th and final game for her prominence. Alana Bremner, has played a lot of rugby with Kendra, and she's on the line with us this morning ahead of the weekend's grand final. Morning, Lana. Thank you so much for joining us. Morning, Izzy. How are you going? Good, thank you. Appreciate your time. Um, is it day off today? You got a day off? Yeah, day off, yeah. <laughs> time to awesome. yeah, body ready for the weekend ahead. Nice. So it's obviously been a busy weekend, uh, week, obviously heading into another final, Canterbury, Women's team just carry on year and year out, so consistent. But how's the week be? It's it's a special, it's a it's a special week. Obviously, got a few legends of the club, and with some special milestones this week. How's the week been? Yeah, no, it's been it has been really cool. And um, yeah, as you touched on, we've got some huge milestones in our team this weekend, which isn't something that happens a lot in women's rugby. Um, we've got a pretty special one hundredth with Kendra Coxedge. Um, you know, playing her final game for Canterbury as well as as well as finishing off on the 100, which is something, you know, I don't think she thought would have happened a couple of years ago. So to be able to get that is huge. And she's the kind of player that, you know, our game is better off because of her. So we're pretty lucky to have her um, and Steph Chihardi Fox on the red and black jersey for so long. Um, Steph will be playing her last game. So Canterbury Rugby's done an awesome gesture and they've, They've named Rugby Park after them this weekend, so it's the Tiro Hardy yeah. Fox Coxedge Stadium. Um, and then awesome. Pip Love, she's she's doing her fiftieth game, so that's really a really special one for her. And what's that? What's that? Amazing. That's so awesome. But what's what's so special about that FPC program down there, which breeds success? Yeah, we're really lucky with the support we have. Um, we've got people that that work really, really hard and put in a lot more hours. Um, you know, just because I think the love of the game and they saw the potential down here and the program that we have, the development, it's huge. I remember our HP started with, I think we had one person, which was our HP manager, um, who was doing multiple roles. But 
that was about three or four years ago now, and now we have a team of, I think, six or so staff, and, and the program's grown hugely. So it's been really successful, I think, just because of the time and effort um, you know, people, people around us have put into, into the game. One of the upsides for for your team, obviously, Alana, is you've got so many black ferns and, and you're going in and out of the squad. So for yourself, how have you found that transition going back to the black ferns camps, coming back in, and how has the coaching group been able to handle that? Like, you've got so much depth. Like, when you go away, you lose so much experience, but the team rolls on. You must be pretty proud of that. Yeah, so proud of, you know, when we were away watching the girls, how awesome they went um, against... Um, Bay and Manawatu, it was it was really awesome. So proud of all the depth, and I think it's been awesome leading into these final two weeks, having girls that have that have had awesome minutes. Um, so when when you know when they've come on the field, they've been there, done that the last couple of weeks, and um, they've had a lot of experience in their position. So that's been really cool. But yeah, it has it hasn't been I guess easy coming in and out of the program. It's been probably a little bit. We felt like it's been a little bit unsettling for potentially the girls and the team and management and things going in and out, learning two sets of game plans and lineouts and things like that. But we're lucky now, being full-time, we've got the time to, um, you know, do that and what needed to be done um, before coming in for the last couple of weeks. So, yeah, it's been awesome to have the opportunity to play um, internationally and for our province, which is um, something we haven't really been able to do before. And, and Alana, have you noticed the difference this year with it being World Cup in, in the standard of the competition? Has there been a lift in the competition? Yeah, for sure. Every year you see the Farapama Cup just grow and grow. And I think that's, you know, the time and effort that's put into women's rugby, you can really you can really see the teams advancing year after year and the calibre of players and coaching and things. It's been, yeah, it's been a pretty cool um, change in this year. Obviously with the World Cup, there's... A lot of females in the in the teams that are wanting to put their hands up and you know show why they deserve to be at that World Cup. So it's been a huge lift, and it's awesome. I think you know we've got a whole lot of spectators and people yeah. loving women's rugby now. So that's awesome to see. Yeah, I have to agree. I was sitting uh, at home on Sunday, Sunday with um, a friend, a family member here, and we were like watching the game. I think it was. Uh, uh, Auckland taking on, oh no, it was a couple of weeks ago, but mate, just watching the calibre and the rugby that has been played, you definitely did right. The competition is well and truly uh, competitive and you can see it uh, coming out. But this week, you're in a final, you're taking on Auckland, another final for yourselves. What's been the main focus? You obviously played them during the round robin and got, got the job done, but finals are different. And we know last year you've you've got to rectify a few things because you didn't you let your Waikato sniff one out last year. So what's been the focus this week? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, we, yeah, we did come across Auckland. I think it was round two this year, so it was a pretty close one actually. I think there was only mm. about five points in it. Um, so we did experience a bit of pressure in that game, and I think you know we've we've been watching them throughout the season and just learned the areas that they're going to come at us, and we let them get a lot of momentum. Um, Last time we played them, they, they have some awesome players and I guess we've just been working on this week how we're going to how we're gonna um, uh, go off against that but also what we can do to keep keep going of what we've had of a season which has been pretty awesome what we've been able to do. So the focus has pretty much just been on us. Um, just, you know, we've got our theming and everything so it's coming to an end this week so we're just wanting to 
finish on a high, but we know it's going to be an awesome game. They've got, um, yeah. they've come off an awesome semi-final and they've got a whole lot of players like their loose board trio and um, the experience they have in their back line. So it's going to be, it's going to be a great game. Yeah, it's going to be a great game. I'm going to head along because $5 tickets and kids go free 3 o'clock on Saturday afternoon. It's going to be a cracking day. Oh, I'm looking forward to it. But Lana, before we let you go, I've got a couple of questions. What does Alana do on her day off? I want to know that. And then quickly, we've touched on it this morning that everyone hates Canterbury, hates the Crusaders because we win, you know, because we get the job done. Do you feel like it's the same in Farrah Palmer Cup? Do, do you feel like all can come down here with their hatred in their minds? Yeah, no, I think the majority of the country will be backing. <laughs> I think majority of the country will be backing Auckland this weekend. Um, yeah, we've got a small group of supporters, but they're hardy, and um, hopefully we get lots of them along to um, block out the noise on Saturday. But um, on my day off, what do I get up to? I've got a little puppy, so I usually go walking, take him for a walk, get a coffee, um, sometimes get a massage, but I don't know, it changes week to week. <laughs> Oh, nice. You play a bit of golf? Um, I've tried, but not that great, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> oh, nice. Oh, nice. Oh, we appreciate you coming on, Lana. Obviously, you're doing a great job there with Canterbury and the Black Ferns. Um, go well on Saturday. Go well on Saturday, and uh, all the best, and hopefully you and the girls can get the job done for some absolute legends of the game, Kendra and Steph. Te Ohaere Fox, um, mate, stalwarts, and they have done so much for women's rugby. Thank you so much, Alana. Thanks, Izzy. Bye. Awesome. Alana Bremner, her and her sister Chelsea, doing great things in the Canterbury jersey, but special weekend, lads, and you touched on it, Kempi, with the competitiveness of Farah Palmer Cup. It has been enjoyable to watch. And I'll, I'll be the first to say it, and I've come out and I've said Hazel Trubek's my favourite player, she plays for counties, but... But there is some nice rugby, and there's going to be people out there that you can't compare it to blokes and the game of international rugby. It is different. And But from what I'm seeing, I'm getting excited come World Cup, October 8th in Auckland against Australia. I'm pretty pumped. Yeah, it's good to hear that there has been a lift in the competition in the World Cup. Yeah, mm. I actually watched that first game, round two, uh, Auckland, when they played Canterbury, and Canterbury got out to a big lead, and Auckland just about run them down in the end, uh, mm. only losing it by a try. So um, I think it'll be a decent grand, uh, grand final this weekend. They call it a grand final, or do they just call it a final? Uh, grand final. Grand final. The grand finale. The grand, grand finale. finale. Down here in Otatahi Christchurch on a three o'clock Sunday, a Saturday afternoon. Title Town. Title tickets. Title, title, title Town. Are <laughs> <laughs> oh, they my second, get, they're my second team? <laughs> Crusaders are my second uh, who's team. Your, are they? <laughs> yeah, man. Kimpy? I think they, Honestly? I think they're everyone's second team. Well, who's your first? Uh, well, that depends. Auckland or Taranaki. <laughs> 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 no, Super Rugby. Who's your first Super, like, super Rugby? Oh, Who's your... Auckland. Auckland. Tara... The Blues. You're the Blues? The you're Blues. The Blues. 100%. Mate, cause... Oh, you, you should have said you weren't here. The filthy fella. mood Kimpy was in the week after the Blues loss. <laughs> I was not. Why? I was not. Oh, no, that's right. Why? The Crusaders are your second team. You I should... know. That's why I was happy. I was happy because <laughs> Crusaders won. They were my second team. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, it's a funny one. It's it's one of the the, the, the funny um, debates is, you know, this, your team and why do they hate 
yeah, Canterbury, so Crusaders so much. It was quite funny. I played golf with um, George Bridge on Monday, and he goes, man, your Hawks Bay team are lippy. And I was like, what do you mean? And he's like, man, I've thrown out some lip. And Danny Tuala obviously went to Hastings Boys and went up to Bridgie and was like, you should be playing for us. You went to Lindisfarne. <laughs> <laughs> and Bridgie was like laughing. He's like, oh, okay. <laughs> there, was actually, um, oh. there was actually a really interesting, and uh, it's probably not, now it's not the time to talk about it. There was a really bad um, sledging case in the AFL right in the final rounds where Dane Zorko, the Lions captain, said something terrible about a bloke's family member, and there was quite a lot to it. And it was... It raised a lot of questions about where the line is in the heat of the battle and, you know, can you get carried away? Um, that sort of thing, like, you should you should be playing for us. Obviously, love that. But um, I know that teams that have had a lot of success do seem to kind of cop that extra little bit of uh, animosity from other teams. I'll admit it. This is He's not a team, mm. but I'm a LeBron hater. <laughs> yeah. I don't yeah, know why. why. I just he just he's a punisher in my opinion. <laughs> I just I just I'll never meet him. Why do you hate him? He's an incredible athlete. I understand all of that. I just is it the way he carries himself around, or is it? I think the way it's he how plays? I think is it's it how, how contrived he kind of he, He's so contrived. He's, he's everything seems so calculated to like you know look at me. I'm the greatest, and it's like mm. I don't know. But I I don't I've never you know sports ha- sports hate is such an interesting thing because sometimes there's no rhyme or reason. They can be. Look, I'll be totally honest. I'll be I'll be brutally honest. All right, Auckland is the team that I grew up not liking because. <laughs> because I'm, I'm just going. I'm just going to get. How I'm can just, we trust you? I'm, I'm just saying. I'm just, I'm just you just saying. said you like the Blues. Now you hate Auckland. <laughs> yeah. I, look. Okay. I've grown up. I've grown up. But when I was a kid, it got instilled in me really young, and especially in rugby league that we didn't like Auckland because Auckland were always the team to beat. And I used to watch like Taranaki beat them. We had a pretty good league team back then in those days and and then Central Districts beat them, which was our, our provincial team that went, you know, it was Hawks Bay one or two Taranaki together. Um and then you sort of when I got to play for Wellington, those rivalries with Auckland were just massive. Um, and I know that there's a lot of people out there say, yep, they hate the Crusaders, but I can guarantee you my my era, they don't even think about the Crusaders. They think about Auckland. Auckland rugby. They think about Auckland. Whether it's rugby, whether it's league, whether it's anything. Oh, yeah. You know, we used to play them in softball, and we used to just wait to get to Auckland. You know what I mean? We go, right, let's wait, let's get them out there. And the same with anything. rugby, same with rugby league. So, but, um, but now I love the Blues. I love them. I'm living in Auckland. Just anything, eh, Kempe? We play a Hawks Bay uh, Auckland golf game, and uh, we I played my first time this year and against the Aucklanders, and yeah, they just they're just something about them, eh? They're just a little bit. Oh well, Ooh, is he snarky? Being up here, <laughs> it's like it's a different country up here half the time to the rest of the we place. We love Auckland. We love Auckland, though. We are very appreciative of Auckland, the big city. Don't tell us they our country. Oh, here they come. Here they come. What they, we do love them. We do. <laughs> no, we do love them. Dan has come through with absolute gold. You see two messages here. Nobody hates the Wellington Lions because we're shit. <laughs> and, then he's, and then he's also said, Izzy needed your 135 kilometre outswingers last night in Cairns. Shouldn't have lost that. <laughs> oh, mate, Dan. I would have had no chance with these knees. But, nah, look, honestly, we shouldn't have lost that. We shouldn't have lost that. And there's this little thing on our shoulder against them that we just can't get, get rid of. But, um, mate, best thing in sport, 
go again. Another chance. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com.